Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of my podcast, Explore and Engage with Anam. What season is it? Does anyone know? Well, it's winter for sure, but that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is this is the season when various political figures announce that they want to run for the office of the President of the United States. It's the election season. It's the presidential election season. Now, some may say that, oh, the election is in November 2024. We are still many months out. We are more than a year out. But let me tell you, time flies really fast. Time flies really fast. And in the wink of an eye, we will be arriving in... November 2024, when the presidential election will be held. Now, various candidates are going to be um, announcing that they want to run for the office of the president. And so far, a few have already announced. Uh, Former President Donald Trump announced that he will be uh, running again. And Ambassador Nikki Haley recently um, came out and announced that she's running for the office of the president. And then on the Democratic side, we on the Democratic side, there there is an incumbent uh, president in the White House, but we don't know if the president is going to be running for a second term or not. But... Um, even before he could uh, make and announce his decision, Marion Williamson from the Democratic side, she launched her campaign for the office of the president. So if the incumbent president decides to run for a second term, then uh, we would be able to say that there's a primary challenger because Marion Williamson announced her candidacy. And then there may be other people um, announcing over the next few months. And on the Republican side, I anticipate that there will be several more announcements, at least Uh, one name that um, has been talked about quite a bit is that of Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. Uh, People are trying to um, figure out if he's going to be running or not. And then there are other governors and senators whose names are uh, floating out there and different analysts and commentators are trying to uh, predict who will jump into the race and who will not do so. And there's no way to predict. Let me tell you that there's no way to predict in politics, especially as we head towards the presidential election. There's no way to know who's going to be launching a campaign, and who will decide uh, to not do so. But here's what I think. I believe that competition is good. It's a competition of ideas at the end of the day. And the more the candidates, uh, the more candidates there will be, um, the greater diversity of ideas uh, we, will, we will witness. 
Remember, back in 2016, there were lots of candidates on both sides. And um, there was intense competition. And eventually, uh, the Democrats had their nominee. The Republicans had their nominee. And there was the presidential election. And President Donald Trump won. And, and so, you know, competition is good. The more candidates the better, I think, because then the voters get to decide. The voters get to listen to um, the different candidates and what uh, priorities they have, what kind of policy solutions they are proposing for the different issues that the country is facing. And then the, the, and then the voters get to decide who they want to pick. And so I, I believe in choice. I believe in, in um, you know, uh, more options. And so if we see uh, lots of candidates jumping into the race, I think that's a good thing because then that um, gives the voters more options to choose from. And at the end of the day, the voters will decide what they want to do. Let me talk about something else. It's connected to uh, the presidential election. And l let me just tell you, I am really excited about this thing that I'm going to talk about now. I'm very, very excited. So Wisconsin, uh, and many of my listeners may know this already, Wisconsin is my home. This is where I live. This is where, uh, you know, um, the, the, this is the place I love the most, okay? That's the simplest way to put it. Wisconsin, I love Wisconsin. My favorite state in the country, this is the place I call home. This is where I live, and I love Wisconsin. America's dairy land. I love the Midwest, and I am very excited because the Republican National Convention will be held in Wisconsin in 2024 and that is so exciting it'll be held in the city of milwaukee which is um which is about 90 miles from where i live i live in the city of madison which is the state capital and milwaukee is where the republican national convention will be held now i am excited because i'm a wisconsinite and also i am excited because I am a conservative, and so I am very thrilled because the Republican National Convention is coming to Wisconsin, is coming to Milwaukee. When you think about it from an economic standpoint, this is going to be very beneficial for the Wisconsin economy because as thousands and thousands of people from all over the country, they come to Milwaukee for the convention uh, they'll be staying at hotels here. They'll be eating at Wisconsin restaurants. They'll be going to Wisconsin bars. And then um, also um, any kind of spending, shopping and whatnot, um, will bring a lot of revenue for the state of Wisconsin. And it's going to help our tourism industry. It's going to help uh, Wisconsin businesses. And I'm just excited for the economic impact that the Republican National Convention will have on the Wisconsin economy. And so this is a great thing for our state, and I am eagerly looking forward. RNC, 
Republican National Convention happening in Milwaukee. So um, looking forward to 2024 <laughs> very much. I am, I am excited. You can tell by my voice. Okay, let me move on to uh, what I wish to discuss next. As I mentioned that it's important for the voters to listen to the different candidates and to uh, listen to their ideas, to hear the different pr policy proposals that they have, because only then the voters get to make informed decisions. And so if we talk about the issues, there are many issues that are um, going to be discussed during the presidential cycle. Now, if you pick a group of people and you ask each person in that group to come up with a list of five uh, most important things that they think need to be discussed as we um, enter the, the, the presidential election cycle, I am sure that uh, each person will come up with a different list of top five things. But obviously, we will most likely see a lot of overlap because we we know some of the big issues that are out there that people talk about all the time democrat or republican they are always discussing those things and um and and so the issues do matter now if you ask me uh what the top issues are i think i will mention one which i personally am um which I personally talk about quite a bit. I've talked about it in, in my podcast. I wrote about it quite a bit. And it's probably the most frequently discussed topic in my podcast. And that is the issue of immigration and border crisis. Okay. We have a humanitarian crisis at our country's southern border, the border that we share with um, our neighboring country of Mexico. Millions of foreign nationals entered the United States illegally by crossing the southern border. Okay, so that's a crisis that we face. I've talked about it so much. I'm not going to elaborate on it in this episode. But, I, but what I do wish to highlight is that any crisis, it just doesn't sit still. The crisis spreads if it is not addressed. And that is exactly what is happening right now because tens of thousands of migrants are using the northern border, the northern border of the United States that we have, that we share with Canada, that border. Tens of thousands of migrants in this fiscal year, in fiscal year 2023, which started in October, tens of thousands of migrants are trying to enter Canada. Canada is now seeing tens of thousands of migrant encounters just in fiscal year 2023. And so this crisis, this crisis that we have at our southern border, it's not just staying there. Now Canada is starting to um, face this, uh, this crisis, um, this immigration crisis. And and, and so, you know, I, I think what I wish to say is something that I've said many times previously, and that is we need to secure the southern border. I, I've been saying it for a very long time that we need to secure the southern border. 
I, I don't know when this discussion will end. You know, th this crisis is an ongoing crisis. And I remember when President Trump was in office, a lot of progress was made to secure the border. A lot of progress was made to stop uh, illegal immigration. But then this new administration came to power and things just changed completely. And since this administration started back in 2021, from 2021 up until now, millions of foreign nationals entered the United States illegally through the southern border. Why? Because our border is not secure. And so that should be a very, very high priority. And I know that this is going to be a major issue that will be discussed as we approach November 2024. Here's what I'll say, something that I've said before, and I'll say it again. We need to secure the southern border. We need to stop the flow of undocumented immigrants. Now, another topic that I wish to highlight is, well, let me just say, that we need to talk about the economy, right? There are so many things about the economy that we can talk about. We can talk about jobs. We can talk about um, manufacturing. We can talk about uh, taxes. And, you know, the economy is a very broad topic. And there are so many things that, uh, that we can talk about if we wish to discuss the economy. But what I want to point out in this episode of my podcast is the inflation. The inflation. Prices are going up. Prices have gone up already. And Americans continue to struggle because of that. Families are struggling to put food on the table. Families are struggling to stay within their budget. And it's because of inflation. And why did this inflation happen? The inflation happened because of reckless government spending because Washington likes to spend money and so here we are facing high inflation because of all the spending that we saw in the last um, in the last couple of years now I was um, looking at some data I, I know that the economy is pretty heated right now. I think we all understand that. And I was looking at some data and I saw that the consumer price index rose 6.4% in January on an annual basis. 6.4%. That's pretty high. We can look all kinds of numbers and data that will uh, tell us that inflation is high and that uh, prices are high and that people are struggling. But... As a consumer, I can tell you that um, no one needs to tell us, no one needs to tell us consumers that um, there's high inflation. We know that. We know that. We don't have to look at the CPI data to know that prices are high. All we need to do is go to the grocery store and look at the price tags. And we know that prices are high. You know, gas prices, we can probably talk about gas prices for a really long time. I mean, gas prices went up so much and 
it doesn't seem to be coming down. Here in Madison, Wisconsin, I am paying more than $3 per gallon for gas. Think about the American families who are struggling every time they have to fill up their gas tank and they go to the gas station. They are paying such steep price to fill up the gas tank. And think about the impact that it has on an American family's budget at the end of the month. It, it, is, it is heartbreaking, truly. It is truly heartbreaking when families have to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars extra every month because of inflation. So we talked about gas prices, and so that brings me to the next topic, which is um, connected, which is, you know, energy. Energy. We need power. We need energy. We need affordable energy. We need energy in our homes, in our places of work, in schools and colleges and factories and plants. We need affordable energy every single day in, um, in our life. And what's happening in California, that is something I want, I want to discuss. In California, according to a news report that I saw, some experts are saying that California's power grid may actually collapse. Can you imagine that? California's power grid may not be able to keep up with the demand. And why would that be? Here's what's going on in California. In California, politicians are trying to make drastic changes. They are trying to make drastic move away from fossil fuels and towards renewables. And if you ask me, let me tell you, folks, fossil fuels are reliable. We need fossil fuels. America needs fossil fuels. But that doesn't mean that technological innovation will stop I might have mentioned this in a previous episode. I think vehicles, cars, automobiles are becoming increasingly energy efficient. Even the ones that are powered by gas are becoming very efficient. And so if you go back 20 years ago, um, you know, and, and, and compare the cars back then with the cars today, and I'm not talking about hybrid vehicles or electric vehicles. I'm talking about just gas-powered. I think the gas-powered vehicles today are far more efficient than gas-powered vehicles, you know, 10, 20 years ago because of technological advancement. And obviously now we have a, a range of options. There are hybrid vehicles, there, there are electric vehicles, and I am not against one or the other. But what I want is for consumers to have a choice. If somebody wants to buy an electric vehicle, that person can buy an electric vehicle. If somebody wants to buy a, a gas-powered vehicle, that consumer should be free to do so. I drove a hybrid vehicle, and I loved it. And now I have gas vehicles. And, you know, consumers should be able to decide. But in California, politicians, and I uh, saw this in the news, uh, politicians in California... Um, you know, regulators, they call them California regulators, they passed rules banning the sale of new gas-powered cars by 2035. California regulators passed rules banning 
the sale of new gas-powered cars by 2035. 2035, my friends, is far away. It's more than 10 years away, and we have no idea what technology will be like in 2035. So why are California regulators banning the sale of new gas-powered vehicles um, by... Um, by 2035, why are they doing it? It doesn't make any sense. We don't know what technology will be like in 2035, how efficient vehicles will be. So there's this great push in California, a push by politicians who want to move away from fossil fuels and towards renewables. And um, they want to do it drastically, and that is that is going to be very detrimental for the California economy. And let me tell you why. Fossil fuels are reliable, and if California moves away from fossil fuels and towards renewables in a drastic fashion, then um, then there will be lots of uncertainty about whether the power grid will be able to keep up with uh, the demand or not. And what I am very much afraid of is rolling blackouts. If there's an energy crisis, then rolling blackouts may happen. And that is going to be a nightmare. There are countries in this world where people... Um, experience rolling blackouts and let me tell you it is very unpleasant and if there is an energy crisis in california then rolling blackouts may happen it is going to be a nightmare scenario and we must do everything possible to avoid being in that situation and so i say that we should take full advantage of the fossil fuels that we have nature has provided us with coal oil and gas and we must utilize these natural resources to ensure that we have affordable energy and that we have reliable energy sources and that we continue to power our homes and places of work and that we do everything possible to avoid a crisis and to avoid rolling blackouts. So that is my message and um, I, just, I just want people to understand that we need fossil fuels. We need fossil fuels. So here's my message. Let's use the fossil fuels um, that we have. And let's continue to focus on scientific innovation to make sure that um, we never have an energy crisis. So that's my message for today. And I know that um, these are just a few topics out of many that will be discussed um, during this presidential um, cycle. And, uh, you know, I talked about inflation. I talked about the economy a little bit. I talked about uh, gas prices and uh, immigration, uh, the humanitarian cr crisis that we are seeing at the southern border. And... There are many more topics that I will discuss in my upcoming episodes, so stay connected with me. I thank you for that in advance, and I hope to be back again with another episode of Explore and Engage with Anam. But before I do so, I do want to add 
that if you have any comments, any thoughts, if you agree with me, you disagree with me, please reach out. Please let me know. Share with me your thoughts and opinions. Thank you. I'll be back again.